Hey, it's Marissa, and you are listening to From Boise. Today's story is about wintering, both as a concept and as a bit of advice for the forthcoming season. This is actually not the story that I had planned for today. It was kind of a last minute switcheroo, but that's something that I love about From Boise is that I can just change things up whenever I feel like it, or in this instance, when the perfect story presents itself. So Amanda Patchen, who writes for From Boise sometimes, she actually also wrote the story last week. Amanda emailed me and she told me about this book that she had read that inspired her to write this story. And I read it and I just loved it so much. It just really resonated with me and how I've been feeling lately. I've been, honestly, I've been really tired. (laughs) I feel like exhausted for the last week or so, just from like a fun, but busy summer and, you know, having a lot on my plate, like work-wise and just like life, you know, life sometimes is just, we move at a very fast pace all the time and it catches up with you every once in a while. So I thought that you might like this story too. Even if you're not feeling that right now, you might be able to resonate with it. So this story is titled Winter is Coming. It was written by Amanda Patchen and it is read by me, Marissa. I hope you enjoy it. The maple tree outside my bedroom window is turning scarlet and warning me that autumn is here and winter is coming. I do need to be warned. Yes, winter comes every year, and I should be quite ready for it, but I am often unprepared for the grayness, the coldness, and the descending sadness that it often brings. If you're new to the valley, you may need a little warning too, whether you come from someplace warmer or someplace colder. Expectations shape our experiences in dramatic ways. Boise winters aren't particularly harsh compared to those in Canada and Maine or around the Great Lakes. We enjoy a full four seasons. Our summers are hot and our winters are cold. We do not have to deal with excessive snowfall or long periods of extreme temperatures. Our winters are hard enough though. The dark, the cold, the gray are all enough to leave us longing for sunshine, warmth, and the rebirth of spring. Given that we have a semi-arid climate, a lot of the winter concerns that our friends in the east experience are just not an issue for Boise. In fact, Idaho has a huge range of winter weather, given that it's such a tall state with widely varying climates. Up north, they may have 10 feet of snow. In Riggins, they might not ever bundle up. In Stanley, they take pride in being one of the coldest places in the lower 48. In Idaho Falls, it's the ice-cold wind that will get you as it blows the snow and ice and dust horizontally. In Boise, snowfall is usually pretty light even though we do have our stories of 2017's year of the snowpocalypse or snowmageddon. That was when we had three feet of snow, schools were closed for almost two weeks, and buildings collapsed. Also, I, Marissa, fell on a patch of ice and broke my arm. (laughs) But typically, we only have a handful of snowfalls, and they're usually an inch or two. And by the afternoon, the roads are clear because it melted off when the sun came out. That is, of course, a little disappointing to the inner child who would like to do more sledding, more snow days off school, and more of the light and joy of snow-covered lawns and buildings. The outer adult is usually quite happy that snow tires are generally unnecessary, unless you're planning to head to the mountains. And cars don't tend to accumulate salt damage, and sidewalks need to be swept more than they need to be shoveled. 
The lack of snow actually makes Boise winters a bit harder for me. Even though Boise sits in the southern part of the state, we are still quite far north, above the 43rd parallel, which means that our winter solstice is six and a half hours shorter of a day than in the summer. Certainly, I enjoy the long summer evenings when we can sit on the porch until 9 or 10 and enjoy the fading heat and light, but the necessary exchange is the darkness that descends before I've even gotten dinner started on a January night. When we do have snow, the white reflectivity makes the most of whatever little sun we get and helps the days feel brighter and longer. The cold is, of course, the other major winter factor to consider. While the average temperature hovers around freezing, there are plenty of days of below freezing cold to contend with. I love a walk on the green belt in the winter or the summer, but it gets much harder as the temperature dips. Even a walk from my car to a coffee shop is a bit unpleasant when the thermometer is down and the wind is up. A few weeks ago, I picked up a copy of Wintering by Catherine May at Rediscovered Bookshop downtown. It was on the self-improvement shelf. The cover, a pale orange with white dots, is appealing, and the subtitle also caught my eye, The Power of Rest and Retreat in Difficult Times. I've been having a difficult year, and I think handling it pretty well, but the importance of rest is not the usual cultural message, and certainly not what we think of as self-improvement. Typically, those kinds of books are all about maximizing productivity via a variety of tips and tricks to force yourself to work faster and more efficiently not wintering. This episode of From Boise is sponsored by Valley Regional Transit. What if I told you that you could help redesign the Treasure Valley's entire bus system? Well, it's true. VRT is redesigning our whole bus network and they want your feedback. Visit valleyregionaltransit.org or click the link in the show notes to learn more about VRT's proposed bus system changes and tell them what you think. Catherine May explores the concept of winter as well as the physical reality of it. Psychologically, she finds it useful to think of hard seasons, times when we are derailed or frustrated by life circumstances, as personal winters. The parallel is natural. Just like our climate needs a cold period to activate certain seeds, store up moisture in the soil, and complete the life cycle of certain animals and bugs, we individually need periods of time where we rest, think bigger thoughts, and wait out the mental or emotional cold. Reading Wintering gave me new perspective on some of the challenges I've been facing, but it also prompted me to think about the actual winter and how I manage it and my response to it each year. And so here are my idiosyncratic and personal strategies for wintering in Boise, Idaho. One, be excited about any snow we actually get. If I know it's coming, I will even get up early to watch it fall while I drink my coffee. Obviously, there are difficulties and imperatives that we can't escape, but before I engage with the disrupted schedule, the bad traffic, and the slippery front step, I take a little while to just attend to it. Incidentally, I absolutely loved Snowmageddon in 2017. My sons were young and I was a teacher and therefore incredibly lucky to be out of work just as they were out of school. So we baked cookies and bread, drank gallons of cocoa, and I read a book a day for the first 12 days of the year. When the boys were too squirrely, I sent them around the neighborhood to shovel everyone's driveways. Two, get outside in the middle of the day. I try to go for a walk midday all winter long. A lunch break is good, but really anywhere between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. is good walking weather. Sun exposure is absolutely necessary for physical and mental health. 
Getting enough sunlight helps the brain maintain our sleep cycles, and of course, exercise is good for everything. We don't need serious snow gear most of the time, but warm boots with grippy tread are good, and warm clothes are necessary. I have plenty of coats, and my husband has more, so I'm never without a cozy top half, but it took me a few years to figure out the pants situation. I've layered leggings under jeans before, but that's usually a little bunchy and uncomfortable. The magic solution is insulated work pants, which you can get at DMB Supply. They have a couple different brands and styles, but I love my black Carhartts with gray flannel lining. I'm also a huge fan of wool socks and excited this year to try out my new zero drop walking boots, which are good for the back and feet. Number three, sauna. This one may just be me, but in addition to feeling the cold during a midday walk, I like to feel heat in a sauna. Cold exposure has lots of health benefits. It's supposed to help our metabolisms as well as cultivate mental resilience that applies to other difficulties in life. And I highly recommend it. I keep my thermostat low, 65 during the day and 60 at night, and I go outside a lot. However, I love the dry sauna at my gym. It's dim in there, quiet, and so very warm. After a workout, I catch my breath, chug a bottle of water, and then I go and sit in the quiet, staring at the wall and let my thoughts sort themselves out a bit. Obviously, be careful if you're not used to it, but the massaging heat of a dry sauna can be incredibly energizing and clarifying. Sauna is practically mandatory in Finland, and they survived much harsher winters than we could ever imagine. Number four, cozy up. Speaking of Scandinavians, the Danish concept of hugu, hygge, <laughs> you know, H-Y-G-G-E, you've seen the word, because it had quite a cultural moment in the last decade or so. Generally, the idea is to cultivate the mood of comfort and coziness throughout our homes and habits. When I first read about this, I found the idea a little too precious to make sense to me. Sure, comfy blankets are nice, and who doesn't love shortbread cookies and tea in the afternoon? But what about real life, where I have work and chores and a sprawling web of responsibilities? I'd love to enjoy an eternal winter afternoon with a good book, a sheepskin rug to nap on, and a belly full of sweets. But I have a body to keep in health, a family to maintain, and a creative drive to explore. It is here that Catherine May's wintering offered a richer and more helpful set of concepts for how to get through the long dark of winter or the long dark of life's other hard times. She writes, quote, plants and animals don't fight the winter. They don't pretend it's not happening and attempt to carry on living the same lives they lived in the summer. They prepare, they adapt, they perform extraordinary acts of metamorphosis to get them through. Winter is a time of withdrawing from the world maximizing scant resources, carrying out acts of brutal efficiency, and vanishing from sight. But that's where the transformation occurs. Winter is not the death of the life cycle, but it's crucible. End quote. She later uses the dormouse, a tiny rodent that hibernates for up to six months to illustrate her point. Hibernation isn't so much about being cozy to be comfortable. It is about conserving our energy for the absolute necessary until conditions improve. A hibernating dormouse certainly looks cozy. They have tiny nests full of softness and sealed against the cold. They are softly furred and curl up like little eggs of fluff. But what they are doing is conserving their tiny stores of energy so that they can stay alive until there is something to eat again. Next week is Boise Entrepreneur Week. It's a high-energy, community-powered, five-day event that celebrates and builds Idaho's entrepreneurial ecosystem. You'll hear keynote speakers participate in workshops, learn from panel discussions, and they also throw an epic block party to wrap it all up. And the best part? 
Boise Entrepreneur Week is totally free. Whether you're an entrepreneur right now, or maybe you're dreaming of starting your own business one day, or maybe you're someone who wants to support and be involved in Boise's entrepreneurial ecosystem, you should check out Boise Entrepreneur Week. It's happening next week, October 2nd through 5th at Jump in downtown Boise. You can register for free at boiseentrepreneurweek.org, which is linked in the show notes. When it goes gray here in the valley, when the sky is low and it's cold, when the branches are bare and when I'm feeling lower than the inversion, I just have to accept that this is a natural and necessary part of life in the world. Even if I lived on Hawaii with sunshine everywhere and green life bursting from every patch of dirt, I would still have winters of a sort and I would still need to acknowledge the hardness of a mental or emotional season. I would still need to choose the things that nourish and help me when I'm tired or discouraged or otherwise in quote winter. And this, of course, is one of the things that I love about living here. Boise does not have a perfect climate, and I like that. Sometimes it's too cold, often it's too hot, but the seasonality is enriching. I don't know if I would be feeling low this winter, but contemplating the coming winter has helped me deal with all the deaths, divorces, hospitalizations, and trauma that swirled around me this summer. I love the green belt in the summer, with its green trees and squawking ducks and diving hawks. But I also love it in the winter when I can see through the bare branches to the water and catch sight of a mink or a still blue heron. In between the colors of autumn or the budding green of spring, this keeps me grounded in the ever-changing, always becoming movement of life. But do get yourself some insulated car hearts because winter is coming. This story was written by Amanda Patchen. Amanda is a fantastic writer and has a monthly-ish newsletter where she shares her book list, selections from her fiction writing, and updates on what books she has for sale in the Zed bookshop. You can find a link to Amanda's newsletter in the show notes. And you can read this story in the newsletter, which is in your inbox or at framboise.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.